TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Friday morning, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Chair Shot Radio. We will definitely be talking a lot about the state of Georgia, but our state of mind this morning is one of three-man weave. Once again, my name is PC Tony. I'm joined by Christopher Platt and Mr. Ray Cash. Before we get into it and talk to these gentlemen, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick yourself up a chair shot t-shirt. Tons of great designs. Makes a great gift as well. I guarantee it. Then head on over to thechairshot.com. You know how we do it. Sports, entertainment, and of course, sports entertainment. Always use your head. Mr. Platt, how you doing this Friday morning? Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen, and good morning. I'm doing fantastically well and only getting better. Mr. Cash. Did you... Uh, I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, Mr. Platt, did you... <laughs> Did you Ivy up from last week? Cause you know, when you <laughs> when you when you when you score sixty with only three dribbles, <laughs> sometimes you know you gotta rehydrate. Listen, so, I'm I, good. I would like to say we're gonna pull back the curtain. We're recording this Wednesday evening, um, as we go run down some sports here, uh, three man weave chair shot radio style, and I can tell you that I felt more, uh, you know, uh, exhausted and spent after recording Mania Madness on Monday than I did the prior week. So I don't know how Chris felt, because we sure tied one on Monday night. Even Dave commented on the show. We did, and make sure you you all check that out. The uh, last installment of Mania Madness is going to be up later on this afternoon, but it, it was a labor of love. I'll say that. And by the time it was over, I think I can speak for Tunny when I say we were glad it was over. But it was great work. We did excellent work, though. So make sure you check that out. And it's timeless. You can go back and watch it. You can go back and we should throw those up every Mania season, quite frankly. You know, they're timeless. Sounds great. Sounds great. I like the idea. All right. We're going to get into some sports, though, this week, gentlemen. And you heard Ludacris. You heard Jamie Foxx. You heard the word Georgia. The state of Georgia. Obviously, some very... I, poor decisions being made politically there and thus taking the all-star game out of Atlanta, moving it to Colorado. 
what are your thoughts here on what the MLB has done to create awareness about the voting laws that make it harder for people to vote in, in the state of Georgia? Ray, go ahead and lead this one off, man, if you don't mind. Um, no, I don't mind at all. It feels good to see the MLB grow a set of balls. Um, I'm, I know there's a massive contingent who is against this, and I don't begrudge them their, their point. They have every right to have their opinion. But this is, this is, what I'm about to say is not opinion, it is fact. A private entity has the right to do whatever the fuck they choose to do. Major League Baseball is a private entity. It is owned by the collection of the 30 owners of the Major League Baseball teams. So, there is, if they want to make a decision based on political leanings or whatnot, they can do that. So, it feels good from my perspective. Because the laws down there affect people similar to me. So it feels good from my perspective of all of the um, major leagues. The one league that has had the biggest problem with diversity on a black level. To actually stand up and say, you know what? Whether this is, whether we're doing this for philanthropy or whether we're doing this for publicity or whatever it is. We're going to say no. We'll be different. And so it, it feels good to see that. Now, I know they've opened up a number more of can of cans of worms because it's almost to the point where if you stick up for this one thing, then why aren't you sticking up for this other? And so on and so forth. But in the moment, I'm with it. It feels good to see it. And it's not just Major League Baseball. Delta, Coca-Cola, a whole bunch of other uh, companies, big-time companies, have taken umbrage with the Georgia government. So, and if we're being if we're being factual, you remember the governor of Georgia didn't really win the race in the most fair of circumstances. So, it feels good to kind of see somebody take a stand for what they feel is right. And I am happy on that regard. So number one, when we're talking about an MLB, you have to you have to spe specify American black, American black, yes. American black. Yes, because they do fantastic when it comes to uh, Hispanics and black Hispanics and people outside of the country. But I'm speaking, you're right. I'm thinking of American black people. Very, yeah. very good distinction. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that that's that's the only reason I threw it out there, man. But number two. We've seen this type of thing before. I mean, the NFL threatened to pull the Super Bowl out of Arizona if Basketball they did. in the bathroom, uh, in the bathroom ban in Charlotte. That in Charlotte, but yeah, yeah. So we've seen these types of stances being taken before. Personally, I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you because I haven't read the entire bill, so I don't feel as if I can intelligently talk about this particular topic. Um, the court of public opinion. Yeah, baseball's getting a lot of brownie points right now, and good for them. You know what I mean? R whether they did this out of the kindness of their hearts or it was a political move or a money move. It's all about the money. Everything is about the money. But that being said, I think that it, it clearly means something to people, and it's kind of a big deal, you know? Two of the points that have made that run along with this conversation are the fact that you're moving the game from Atlanta to Colorado where the population difference of minorities is subsequently very very different by a percentage 
in addition you're taking money that would have been spent in that area uh, away from their of the economy of the area and things of that nature um, what are your thoughts on all, all those kinds of thoughts along these lines well the funny thing is Colorado is racist as fuck just because they're potheads and hippie dee dippity and happy don't let that listen I've been all across this country of ours man so you can't tell me shit about this country because I've been there you know what I mean but that's neither here nor there um I think that's the point. And I think that's the point. A lot of this activism and stuff like that. I think sometimes people miss that point. Like people only respect two things in this life. And I got this from street guys. They respect money and they respect an ass whooping. So when you start to affect the bottom line, change is going to come point blank period because nobody's trying to fuck the money up. Okay. Sam cook, a change is going to come. <laughs> I mean, that's just what it is, man. You, right. you know, yeah, right. it, it is you, what it you, is. You're spitting game. Whether, yeah, whether I agree with their stance or I'm not saying I don't agree, but whatever the stance is, once you start affecting the bottom line, the bottom line is the bottom line, and once you start affecting the bottom line, that's how you get results. And and to the to the point about Colorado in general and where they and where they moved it to, um, I think it's two separate issues because the first issue is they moved it for the reasons they moved it. I think that's completely separate, personally, from where they move it to. Because we have to understand, they can only go to another MLB city, right? So yeah, there's a ton of MLB cities that have massive urban African-American contingents. Um, I don't know why they picked Colorado. Coors Field, well, I can tell you one reason, because you know, if, if I hit a single in Coors Field, it's going out the park. The ball park. gonna fly, it's gonna be a fun <laughs> game, yeah. So that's one reason. Um, I can't tell you why they did it. Um, the Rockets have been good recently. Maybe it could be like a congratulations like the All-Star Games used to be. Have a congratulations to when the teams were doing well. I don't know. Um, but I don't take as much umbrage in where they put it because of the contingency. As I as I don't really equate the two set together. And maybe it's because I hadn't thought about it in that way. Maybe I'll have a different opinion for you next week. But I don't have any qualms with it being in Denver, personally. I don't. No, and I agree with that, man. I just threw that out there about Colorado. I do. I think should have been in Milwaukee, know. damn it. But there you go. But yeah, Hank I mean, Aaron's name is of... already up permanently in that stadium, BTW. And there's a roof, so well, I hope it fucking rains in Colorado that night, real, real fucking hard. That that's great. But the thing is, man, these decisions get made behind closed doors for reasons that we will never be privy mm-hmm. to. Point blank. Period. And for the record, the only city they can move it to more blacker than Atlanta is Detroit, and they ain't trying to go there. Nah, Detroit's gentrified, man. Are you kidding me? There's no black people in Detroit no more. Well, okay. Now we're now we're the stadium at. Okay, Shout fair out enough. To Dan Gilbert. Fair I, enough. I, and I, and I, I say that I hope y'all y'all felt the sarcasm dripping from my tongue when I say that. By the way, for those who know, the city of Detroit may not be black no more, but everything around it. Woohoo! Let's stay within the state of Georgia and move on over to the golf course. The PGA Tour has announced that they will be keeping the PGA Championship in Atlanta due to financial obligations. So you can read into that however you'd like. The chairman of Augusta did come out and speak on their stance uh, about what's happening, saying he didn't support it and he supports conversation to make the right thing happen. So who knows there? 
the golf side, we're missing Tiger Woods, right? I mean, it's another year without Tiger Woods, wondering if he'll ever get back to it. What are you guys' thoughts moving into this Masters here? It's it's only happened five months ago. It's very rare air here. Number one, shout out to the PGA because I respect honesty all across the board. I don't have to agree with your stance. I don't have to agree with what you say. I don't have to agree with what you do, but I respect honesty. It just is what it is, and I respect somebody that's willing to stand on their square, and the PGA said, no, fuck that shit. You know what I mean? This is where it is. This is where it's at. The Masters is in Augusta. Point blank, period. So, yeah, whatever. And to that point real quick, it's a little different for for PGA than it is for baseball or basketball or football. Because the the allure of the actual tournaments are are at the place the tournament is held. Right? The Masters isn't something that moves every year to a different place. It's held at Augusta. So like I I respect him like he's like yeah no nah, we ain't moving that shit so that's your point sir so what's the problem why is everybody shitting on Rochambeau because I I feel like he has the type of personality where he could be the next guy but everybody seems to hate him so Tony could you elaborate on that for me I guess he is seen as you know outwardly getting frustrated you know at himself so he may may not have the best demeanor all the time on the golf course in addition he's a guy that went out and is basically used science and added 30 pounds to his body and constructed a swing that can just completely outdrive everybody. I mean, this guy's hitting 350, 370 yard drives, right? He's out driving guys like Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson. Uh, so it's, but at the same time, he's not winning at, a, at the highest clip on tour. So potato, potato, right? It's not like when Tiger Woods came around and changed the game and he was winning major championships at a 25 to 33% clip at certain periods of time. So DeChambeau has his major. He, he did get his victory. He's going to get more victories, but I think people are starting more so to accept him. I know they just played at the course where he drove it right over the water on the par five, like, and he was 20 yards from the green because it was supposed to be a dog leg and no one could ever hit it that far. I can tell you that they have changed some things to be out of bounds because there are some courses where he would hit it to another part of another hole and it'd be easier for him to come in there because he could hit it that far. So they've, they've changed that rule. Then they've made some places out. There are holes that already have out of bounds, depending on what it is. But from what I'm hearing coming out of practice rounds this week is that this course is playing as hard as it has in 10 years, which means the course is going to be fast and the greens are going to be hard. And especially Thursday, they like to come out with harder pins to kind of slap you in the face at Augusta. And we're coming off a record-setting performance of minus 20. Do you think they want to see their scores inflated that much year over year? They don't. So I think you're going to see a lot tougher course. And in my mind, that's people who have the ability to keep the ball in play, make shots, and know the course. The people that know this course are going to play the best because you're not going to be able to miss and put yourself in a bad position without losing a bunch of strokes to the field. So of the new guard, that would behoove Dustin Johnson the most, wouldn't it? But Dustin Johnson knows the course. He's won. He's already proven he can conquer the course, right? I'm talking about younger guys that maybe haven't seen this course in, in over time. Dustin Johnson's been along, around for a long time. You don't realize it yeah. in your head, but he is one of the older guys, right? Phil Mickelson, Adam Rose, they all came out and said today, if you haven't played this course before 2013, you probably will have no idea what to expect on Thursday. Once you start putting the ball in spots that used to stick, now you're off the back of the green and you're chipping onto a lightning fast green. Good luck getting back up and down. Bogey City all around if you don't put it in the right place into the green. 
Now, to be fair, it is in Georgia. So the likelihood that it's going to rain at some point in time this weekend, that, that, that it's very high. So you know, you, and I say that as the resident Georgia expert on this podcast for obvious reasons. So I'm imagining those greens at some particular point in time this weekend are going to soften up exponentially. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because when people are listening to this, they've already known what happened on Thursday. And hopefully there isn't like four guys at minus five because I'll look like a real idiot here. <laughs> and I don't think that's going to be the case, right? I think Thursday is going to be the real test and see if someone can get out and shoot a 69 or 68. It's going to be very few people that I believe are going to be under par or that far under par. But the weather does call for rain on Friday and Saturday. So we could see scores grow over the weekend. But what better way to see the guys come out and get challenged by a tough course then see them go try and catch each other with a few low scores. You bring it back around Sunday, dries up, tougher, tougher pin conditions, and we're off to the races for a great Masters Sunday. So I want to ask the golf expert a question, Mr. Tiny. Um, based off all of the criteria you've mentioned, we just had five, we just had uh, Masters five months ago, um, knowing how they changed the, they're going to change the course to make it tougher knowing the area and the possibility of it raining, who would you say are three favorites that you would give to a, a novice golf fan to look out for if they were watching the Masters? Well, you have to look at Dustin Johnson, number one. The guy did it five months ago. And he's ago. the number one in the world still, isn't he? Uh, yes, and, I, and, I, and I'm, fir I'm firm in my belief that I remember saying on the three-man weave after the Masters that what's to stop him from coming back and winning it five you months did. from now? And I can tell you, you that... Did. I can tell you that Monday morning on Chairshot Radio, I said the same thing in my prediction. I said, Dustin Johnson's my pick. I don't see any – he might not have been driving the ball as well as he has been, but he knows the course and he knows where to put it. So that experience helps him there. You want two other guys. John Rahm is a guy who's really close to winning a major. He's got talent all over the place. Whether he knows this course well enough, we'll see what happens Thursday. But his wife did just have a kid, so he doesn't have to worry about leaving. He said if she didn't have the kid, he was going to leave no matter what time or how he was doing in the tournament. She had the kid last weekend, so he's got that going for him. So, And then the third guy, I'll give you two guys maybe as a bonus pick here, Justin Thomas and and um, Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth won for the first time in four years last week. Justin Thomas is coming off of a really good weekend, playing fourth in his last tournament and, and with a win or two already this season. So those are the four guys that I would look for. Doesn't Spieth so, have injury? No. That's Brooks Kepka. So Brooks Kepka has a knee Brooks. injury, and he's going to play. Well, then he said, we'll see how it goes. I just... He hasn't played enough for me, and I'll see how the knee holds up. But that, that could be an underdog to see there. But Brooks is really an underdog. But he just had the kid last week, which means he hadn't had much sleep the last <laughs> week. And he's probably just happy to be out the house. He well, ain't even worried about golf right now. So we could X him out, okay? That's, that's John that right Rahm. Now. That's John Rahm. So, but he, he, his, wife, yeah. his wife's yeah. at home. He's been at the golf course since Sunday, so he's getting plenty of sleep now. Yeah, but she had the baby last week, which means he didn't get any sleep last week. He's just happy to be out the house, man, right, and not have right. to deal with all, all that right. bullshit. Not, it's not bullshit, but y'all know what I'm saying. I got you. I got what you. did you just What did you just say on the last topic, uh, Platt? That money runs the world. You know how much that bonus is for winning the Masters. So you think he was able to say, "Honey, shut the fuck up, feed that kid some Jack Daniels." I got to go win this tournament next you, week. You don't I'm just saying. You don't you don't marry a professional golfer without knowing where he's going to be four weekends a year at the very least if he's healthy. That's just the way it goes. So the nice thing is he can It'll celebrate the he can celebrate the kid's birthday the weekend before every year and then daddy's off to the Masters. <laughs> it's still a new ass baby that has no sleep schedule whatsoever. I'm sure that affected him on some level. Maybe. 
Maybe. I'm, Maybe. I'm counting him out. Spieth, yeah, I give him a shot. I'm I'm on the Rochambeau table. I'm I'm on that. I'm I'm like all Bryce. aboard Rochambeau, I like, man. I like Bryce. He, he's got the type of personality that can transcend golf and bring in some other people on the Happy Gilmore side of the game. He's he, he's that guy that should be the next guy. He could be what they wanted Rory to be. Yeah, if he had personality a personality. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing with Dustin Johnson. He just got one of those faces you just want to punch him in the face. And he's probably a really nice guy in real life, but he just has a very punchable face. D- Dustin should be bigger, but I think we all know why he's not because of his personal demons he had to face. But uh, if he wins two Masters back-to-back, I guarantee you we'll be talking about that man a lot more. He's a frat boy to me. Great golf conversation, fellas. We're going to take a quick break, (laughs) and we're going to come back. No, it was good. It was good. We'll come back, and we're going to talk about a very, very memorable Final Four right after this. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thecheshire.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head gentlemen both the men's and women's side provided us some fantastic games i mean on the women's side you had three phenomenal games from the final four to the championship the men's side was a little bit different you had one good final four game and you had one not so good final four game and a championship game that was a surprise to many unless they listened to yours truly on chair shot radio monday morning where i told you take baylor take the points they're the better team and indeed, they proved it to be so. Let's start on the women's side, though, gentlemen. I want to go ahead and give Ray a chance to shout out to Arizona and Ari McDonald and um, what's coach's name? Uh, Adia Davis. Adia Barnes. Adia Barnes. Adia Barnes. I knew it was A. Yeah. My bad. I, you know, it's been a rough couple. It's been a rough week for Arizona because we 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 did the unthinkable and we beat UConn at their own game. And then we lose a heartbreaker to Stanford. And if you look at the game, the last shot that Eric McDonald had, by the way, Eric McDonald's a superstar. And that's just not me because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Wildcat. She's a superstar. If you watched her all year, if you watched her in the tournament, there was two people wide open. I know Kobe, gonna, Kobe will tell you, take that shot. But there was two people wide open. Um, but, you know, Sean Miller got fired too. So it's a rough week for us. But I want to say that I have so much pride for my Lady Wildcats because, you know, we were so disrespected. We weren't even in the Final Four commercial. But they put all the other number ones that forgot about us. So, like, when you see the video of Coach Barnes saying, we don't give a fuck about them and then fuck them. And, you know, and you see that and you understand why because we were counting. I know we were three seats. This is women's basketball. This is not men's. A three-seater men's basketball is eh. Women's basketball, you that's low considering how great the top ones are. So I'm very proud. And then shout out to Coach Barnes. Because for a million things, number one, she she was what Miles Simon is to Arizona for the women. Because she was a superstar at the at the squad when she played for Arizona back in the 90s. This woman pumped for her baby during halftime. Like when, when I, I say all the time, every t- every show I try to bring up some women's topic. 
This is why. Because that woman is a fucking superhero. You know what I'm saying? If we had to do that at halftime of a game, of the championship, we lose our minds. She, that probably made her better. Again, the game was 56-55. Shout out to the Lady Wildcats, but I don't want to bury the lead. And for Cardinal, congratulations, good on y'all. Y'all played a hell of a season. Shout out to the Conference of Champions, Pac-12. We back, baby. Represent. Respect us. Put some respect on the name. Uh, and, hey, man, we're coming back next year. Um, I'm curious to see where these superstars, because, you know, women, in women's basketball, they don't leave early. They graduate. They stay. So I'm curious to see where these superstars like Aaron McDonald, like um, Paige Buckets, like these some of these superstars, I'm curious to see what they look like with another year left. Aaron McDonald, McDonald graduates this year, but the rest of them, curious. You talk about the other three teams that <clears throat> participated. Gino Ariema, you do have Paige Beckers coming back. First freshman to ever win National Player of the Year for UConn. And Ariema talked about how his team was immature, how they were young, right? How, like, when things didn't go their way, they, they kind of got down and didn't keep their heads up. So you see maybe that transition next year because he said it would have just been lucky for them to win it. Meanwhile, Don Staley's team, maybe they got a little unlucky, South Carolina, because they could have beaten Stanford with a putback with a little bit of different breaks going down the stretch of that Final Four game. But shout out to Tara Vanderveer winning her third national title and her first since 1992, right? That's crazy, uh, isn't it? Just some huge wins. Some, I mean, Don Staley, Tara Vanderveer, Gino Ariema, and, and now Adia uh, um, Barnes. Adia Barnes, thank you. Why can't I remember her name? I can remember the it's first okay, name. I always forget Barnes. But three years of coaching. Three years of coaching. Mind you, let's not, bear, again, bury the lead. Three years of coaching. This is their second full season. Well, it kind of showed at the end of the national championship game because it didn't look like they had much of an offensive game plan in the last minute. I'm not trying to shit anybody. That's just what I witnessed as a basketball fan. Chris, talk to me on your – give me your thoughts on the the women's final four. I mean, obviously UConn coming back next year should be a force to reckon with again. I mean, Gino's always going to be a force to reckon with. He's the John Wooden of women's college basketball. I can't even lie, gentlemen. I had my head so far up WrestleMania's asses, I didn't really pay attention to the women's basketball tournament this year. I had some prior engagements that kept me engaged. You know what I mean? Take us over to the men's side then, because I think Ray and I did a pretty good job of covering it there. What were your thoughts on the Final Four from the men's part of the bracket? Did you expect Gonzaga to be the first undefeated team since your boy? Well, I told you guys. And do you think that your boy house? was watching with a fucking okay, waiting to well, pop a bottle of champagne? Do you think he was on the Miami well, Dolphins side of the, of, the, of the, you know, game? How about you don't cut me off when I'm right in the middle of saying what I was going to say? How about we try that for a change? Thank you. Now, if you'll recall on our college Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Technically, he didn't cut you off that time. You cut yourself off because that's your, that's your voice. He's the one that hit the button. I don't have access to the button. Was it him or did the cat walk across the thing and make a click? I don't. I don't know. This is my last word. No. Y- yeah, y'all. Y'all want to play? Let's play. But <laughs> no. But uh, but yeah. All jokes aside, man. I, I told you guys that it was going to be Gonzaga and Baylor in the finals. They were the two best teams all year. To be fair, I picked Gonzaga to win. Shout out to the Baylor Bears, man. I feel like they overwhelmed those young men with their athleticism, and they literally blew them out the gym. So shout-out to Baylor, and shout-out to Gonzaga as well. They had an excellent season, 
it's hard to go undefeated. It just it really is. I mean, there's a reason that nobody has done it since Isaiah Thomas's 1976 Indiana Hoosiers team. It's just what it is. It's just very difficult to do that. But, yeah, it was the two best teams, and the best team won. It's weird, Texas, with between Houston and – and I know y'all want to talk about the uh, semifinal game as well, which was a thriller. But between Houston and Baylor, Texas said, okay – Perhaps we can't do football well anymore, but okay, we're going to fuck around and do some basketball. You know what I mean? Is Texas going to become the hot bed of basketball? You know, it's funny. But one, one question I want to throw out, though, before I, I get to you, Tony, and I know y'all want to talk about one of the all-time great games ever, Gonzaga. Because y'all know how the media is. So how long is Mark Few going to get a pass? And I'm not saying it's right, but y'all know how the media is. So it's been about, what, 20, maybe 25 years now that Gonzaga has been a national force. And within the last 10 years, they've been a legitimate title contender. And you know how the media is. So eventually we're going to start to see people say, whoa, Mark Few can't win the big one, even though what he's done down there, he's turned water into wine. But you know it's coming, right? That's just how this this works i don't i don't see that narrative coming anytime soon what he's done is already achieved greatness on a different level keep watching keep so, watching because that's what they do yeah i don't see gonzaga not finishing in the top 10 in the country anytime soon so i don't think he's going anywhere um and but, ask roy williams about narrative sir roy no, williams no. has retired ask bill you, self Hubert davis has Calipari. taken over north carolina Dean Smith. We'll stick with. They the... tried to play Dean Smith because he just had the one. Like, yeah, it's coming. Am I lying, Ray? Is it not coming? Speaking truth. Before we get to the game of the possibly the you know this century in the NCAA, I do want to give props to Scott Drew at Baylor for creating such a great program there as well. They quite possibly could have been a repeat champion. They were that good last year. So the collection of players he has and talent and culture he's created there, shout out to him. Ray, Gonzaga, yes. UCLA, Jalen Suggs, forever in your memory. Boy, you know, I'm not the biggest college basketball fan in terms of, like, I, I rock with my team. I pay attention to my conference. I'll see what U of H is doing because I live here. But ultimately, I don't care until the tournament happens. That game made me rethink my entire thought process on college basketball. Because from from tip to one of the five best shots ever in college basketball history, I was transfixed. Fantastic game. Fantas- fantastic back and forth. All year we've been told Gonzaga was the smartest team in basketball. They had the highest collective basketball IQ. So while they're not overtly the, maybe the most athletic, and some, some, some of them kids are. I'm not trying to say, you know, Oftentimes in sports, saying you're not athletic but you're smart basically means you're white and you're slow. I'm not trying to disrespect them because Drew Timmy can ball. Like a lot of those kids can ball, but them boys in UCLA with some thugs from like from the hood. Them boys was out there balling. What I love about UCLA is they had the perfect counter for everything you see, everything Gonzaga tried to do. And they played, this has been repeated over and over and over and over and over again, but it's facts. UCLA played a perfect game. Sometimes, sometimes you you may lose the game, but you didn't lose. You just didn't win. UCLA UCLA did not lose that game. They just didn't didn't come home with the win. 
well, that just goes to show you how good Gonzaga was and is as a team because UCLA's perfect game couldn't even beat Gonzaga that day. Chris, what were you going to say? Good flip. Good flip. I was going to say, uh, okay, Rosie O'Donnell. Or Rosie Perez. My bad. Rosie Perez. Boy, that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, a huge difference. Oh, huge my God. Huge difference. It well, stepped on the joke. The joke didn't even land because I messed no. up the name. Yeah. <laughs> For the record, uh, the the speaking on Gonzaga and Baylor, the best um, explanation I got of what happened in the game was uh, when you saw uh, the Rancho Toros and Bring It On do their shit, and then like East Compton came out and did theirs. That's pretty much what happened in the championship game. Baylor was ba- Baylor got some grown ass men. Like their players are grown ass men. And I love you brought up Scott Drew and what he's done because we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge why Scott Drew coming there and doing what he's done is such a big deal. There was a murder by a player to another player. So the fact that Scott Drew, forget the fact that he won a championship, forget the fact that they've, they're good. The fact that he got parents to trust him with their kids is a, is a miracle. And then on top of that, to become a powerhouse, you're right, they could have went back to back. So, hey man, good on, good on Baylor. Um, Baylor don't really do a lot of good things. Trust me, I know this personally. Give them props for what they did with this basketball team. And I mean, Drew has set them up to be a national power with this win for the next ten to fifteen years. That that's if somebody doesn't pluck him away, which that's a real possibility as well. But yeah, I don't think people. I, I think you you verbalized it well. Just how amazing this was. Just both of these teams, and they were legitimately the two best teams in college basketball. It's amazing. All right, folks, we are going to save the NBA and NFL talk for next week. Three Man Weave will be back at you. We'll hit you up on social media, let you know what our regular time is going to be. Everything kind of got mixed up from WrestleMania, but we've enjoyed coming to you when we can. Mr. Ray Cash, Mr. Mr. Ideas, man, a little pullback the scenes. I'm not going to elaborate, but dude's got ideas. Uh, let us know what's going on with you right now. Oh, well, currently, you know, I'm talking with my homies, uh, Mr. Platt and Mr. Tunney. I'm watching... The winner of the Wednesday Night War, Guys Grocery Games. Check it out. Um, it's, that's that's a shoot. That's not, that's, that's, that's not a work. That's a shoot. That's Flavortown all day. Um, <laughs> Flavortown, baby. Uh, but yeah, if you like to follow people on Twitter, I'm at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. Now, check out the chairshot.com. Check out at Chairshot Media. Because as my compatriots will tell you of course we've had the fantastic award winning should win an award Mania Madness series we got more of that shit I'm talking like right after Mania you know so like pulling the curtain back you guys will be getting seeing and hearing some of the advertisements of things coming out so we care about you we appreciate your listenership we appreciate your loyalty we want you to continue to come to this website come to this podcast venture place thing we want you to continue to see what you like like what you see but do that if I may plug one more thing thanks to my brother Mr. Platt I was uh, emboldened to write a column Bandwagon Nerds presents Race Falcon and the Winter Soldier check your boy out I'm very proud of that go check that out on the chairshot.com where dreams come true 
and true becomes I don't yeah, I don't know. I I tried to do it. I'm not y'all. Yeah, check it out. Glad I could uh spark that column. Go check out my brother's column, first and foremost. You all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plat and follow me. And if you want me to start tweeting again, you should probably interact with me because I get pissed on Twitter. Well, number one, you know, social media, that thing. We're not going to get into all of that, but I'll throw something out where I think it's a jewel and nobody interacts. And I'm like, God damn, what am I doing here? But yeah, follow me on Twitter at the Real C Plat. Interact with me. I'm asking, please and thank you, thank you, and please. And make sure this gets back to MJF because I got all the smoke for you, baby. You came at my man's, bro. I got all the smoke for you, baby, and I'm here for it. That's like fucking John Jones versus what's the Nigerian brother that just knocked out a uh, Stipe? Yeah, that's oh, John no, Jones. Oh no, oh no, what's Ungano? Uh, uh, Ungano, yeah. Ungano, yeah. That's what that's gonna be. That's gonna be a clash of the titans, if you will. But What's seriously, man, make sure y'all check out the series finale of Mania Madness. It's going to be debuting later this afternoon on The Chair Shot. We're very proud of that series. I feel like that's some of the best work that has come across The Chair Shot. So check those out. Make sure you check that out. Keep supporting. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. You're not going to get it for this Mania weekend, but you'll have it for Backlash or Armageddon or whatever the fuck is the show that they have after Mania. But if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out, make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out. And you do that by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. And just support everything we got going on, man. We got a lot of talented melon farmers, man, doing a lot of great things. So just go to the website, click on something, and you're going to enjoy it. I guarantee it. My name is PC Tunney. You've been listening to The Chair Shot Radio, three-man weave edition. Sounds like another W. And they stay there, and they say yeah, and they say there. Cause all I do is win, win, win. And if you going in, put your hands yeah. in the air, make them stay there. Ludacris going in on the verse, cause I've never been defeated and I won't stop now. Keep your hands up, get them in the sky for the homies that ain't making them my focus. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.